Good day, all. Welcome to a new episode of Learning Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D., here to teach you Bible truth, help you grow in faith, and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. Now, I want you to remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on, get your Bibles, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Hi, everyone. Welcome. I want to especially welcome the new listeners. I receive new listeners every week. So I want to thank you for tuning in. Thank all of you for tuning in. This is a highly anticipated sequel to the message that I taught on last week pertaining to marriage and divorce. So I received so much feedback and so many additional questions about marriage. And before you walk down the aisle, I decided to do a sequel. So I am very excited to teach this message because it is going to bless a lot of you before you make that mistake and walk down that aisle. There are some things you need to know. And the name of this message is entitled, Before You Walk Down the Aisle and Say I Do, You Should Know. So let's get into this message. Now, just because it's going to be geared toward before you say I do, I'm still going to share during the message uh, a little bit of information about uh, marriages right now to try to help fix it. And so that you won't head down that road of divorce. Because we all know I shared this in the last message that it is not God's intention for his children Christians to get married and then get a divorce. So to eliminate that percentage of Christians or at least mitigate it, uh, heading down that road to divorce, you need to hear this message. So don't forget to take notes. Now in the spring season of the year, many thoughts turn to establishing relationships to, to love, to marriage without strong loving relationships there is often little meaning to a person's life. So this is certainly an important area to discuss, especially when we see so many Christians falling prey to the same challenges and pitfalls in male-female relationships that those outside of Christ face. Now, I want to share in this area because I believe some of you who are either in a relationship or are looking forward to a lasting marital relationship can gain some helpful insight, which will be a blessing to you and your present or future partner. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to share this message with you guys. Now, when people want to get to know someone, sometimes they think they need to get intimately involved. Now, most people use the terms going steady and, and they often interchange those terms with the word dating. However, from my understanding of going together, I do not believe that is the same as simply dating. Now, to go out to dinner, to, to a sporting event, or to a concert, or to a movie with a person of the opposite sex is just a date. And I do not believe there is anything wrong with it, particularly if others are around. But when I hear the phrase going steady, I understand that to be something different. 
I do not believe it is necessary to go steady because I believe it could become a trap for a person simply because the couple can, can get into some emotionally, you know, uh, entwined and, and, and physically involved. Okay. Now, just because a person goes to church on Sundays does not mean he or she is trustworthy in a one-on-one -on -one situation. And I want y'all to listen to this carefully. Nobody's flesh is saved and you are susceptible to the things of the flesh, just like worldly people are. So why put yourself in a situation where you can be influenced, pressured, or forced into a sexual situation? You can still get to know a person to some degree by sitting and talking privately with them. Yet the two of you can be in the same room with other people or other couples. You get me? Now, I have walked the walk before, and it, it can be a trap, so I know what I'm talking about. Now, you are not going to know all the things about someone if you don't ask a lot of questions, if you are not open and honest with them during the dating stage or the going steady stage. So that is what this message is going to be about before you say I do. Now, people are so influenced by what they see on television and in movies, and too many want to do the same things in their personal lives. Too much of what we see uh, shows couples engaging in all kinds of ungodly activities, including premarital sex. Those premarital relationships can carry over into your marriage and affect your marital relationship because you begin to make comparisons between what was on what what you saw on television and what you were involved in in previous relationships and making those comparisons is not good. Now, despite what the people on the TV or the movies do, the Bible tell, tells us clearly that premarital sex is fornication and God does not approve of it. Now, this message is directed toward Christians. If you are not a Christian, this message is not for you. However, if you want to use some of, some of these principles, that's fine. This message is not for same-sex marriages because God does not sanction same-sex marriages. So I am not counseling you. This message is for Christians, children of the Lord. Okay, now let's go to our first scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and for those of you who don't know, I typically read and teach from the New King James Version, unless I indicate otherwise. I am sharing my message today, the entire message, using the New King James Version. Now, for the sake of time, you all know who follow me on a regular basis, you can pause the tape while I continue to read the scriptures, and then you can resume once you find the scriptures. So I am reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 18 through 20. Flee sexual immorality. Immorality, I'm sorry. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God? And you are not your own, 
for you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, it is clear by the scriptures that we should remain celibate prior to marriage. Pure, unspotted, and untouched. The male should be just as much a virgin as the female. But we are going to definitely talk about if you were not a virgin before you became a Christian, that's fine because you have been forgiven for that. But now you have to enter into celibacy. And if you are a virgin before you become a Christian, you should remain a virgin until you marry. So we are going to talk about that. And I know I'm going to upset some people, but knowing the truth is what sets men free. And that comes directly from the Lord Jesus Christ. If you know the truth, it will set you free. And we have to remember that Christians should not be listening to the world for advice. We ought to be, or we ought to be separated from the world. Now we are living in this world, but we are not of this world. We should not be doing anything that the world thinks is okay. Because as you can see today, anything goes today in this world. We are still to remain separate. Okay? Now, if you are dating someone or going steady with them, discuss celibacy with one another and establish how you are not willing to cross this line. Anything outside of this practice is worldly and outside of the will of God. Now, we all know this famous couple named Russell Wilson and Sierra. They did it. They remained celibate until they got married. And so can you. Now, I don't want to make this about them, but this famous couple are Christians. The world says it's okay to have sex during the dating and going steady stage so you can know how he or she is in bed. However, this is not for Christians. Marriage is about more than sex. Sex may sustain a worldly marriage, but love keeps a godly marriage. Okay? Now, you must first recognize that God's word is a way of life and not a religion. We are supposed to be separated from the world, meaning doing things God's way. God's way is not following religion or the ways of the world. The problem with the majority of Christians today is they are worldly and living their lives based on the things of the world. They don't realize God is not of the world. If you love the world and the things in the world, the love of God is not in you. If you find yourself talking about relationships and you claim to be a Christian, but you disregard the word of God, you are, you are of this world, my sister or brother. You need to know that. Now, if you want a successful marriage, you need to make a decision today to do things God's way, starting with celibacy before marriage. Now, remember, I, I read earlier 1 Corinthians 6, 18 and 20, which states that we are supposed to be, stay away from sexual immorality. Now, since we have gotten past one of the toughest sections of this message, let's move <laughs> to the next issue, okay? Now, let's talk about being open and honest while dating. Both male and females should share their past. Are you a virgin? How many sexual partners you had before becoming a Christian? 
Have you been to jail? Your beliefs. Are you a Christian? If not, you need to end your dating at that moment or use this as an opportunity to share Christ. You should also talk about things you like to do, be it playing sports or watching sports, what type of music and movies you like to listen to, what kind of activities are you involved in, are you a smoker, do you drink alcohol to the point where you get drunk, what is your financial status, are you in debt, are you a gambler, are you a drug user. Now although they are not inclusive, these things shouldn't be talked about in one night, but over the course of going steady. Because you don't want to scare the person off during your first conversation. It should be discussed at some point. Now here's the thing. These are deal breakers for Christians. Because if you marry someone, you, you also inherit their debt and bad habits. Finding out you inherit someone's debt and other problems or after marriage can lead to a quick divorce. It may be common for secular people and some Christians to marry then divorce within three months, but it is not normal. And there is a difference between the two, being common and being normal. Now, a lot of secular people date because they don't know and they marry because they don't know each other. And then all of a sudden they are divorced within two months. But that should not be in a Christian relationship or a Christian marriage. So during the, the, the course of going steady, discuss all these things. Talk about if you want children. In some cases, you need to talk about whether or not the other person like kids. I know people that don't like kids. You know, they'll tell me I love them, but I, I, I want to bring them home at the end of the day. You need to know this. And then ask, are we going to raise our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord? Also, discuss the type of house and neighborhood you want to live in. What is the level of your education? Are you planning to go back to school? Discuss future goals and the plans you have in place to reach your goals. Now, these things are very important to know before you marry someone. This information should be learned during the going steady stage. You need to know if you are compatible with this person. The phrase opposites attract is a worldly phrase that's not supported by the word of God. Never think a person that is completely different from you will become compatible with you during marriage. People grow frustrated during marriage when they find out that the person they married is not the same person they dated. Some people are not willing to grow with their spouse during marriage if they spring a new habit or a new thing on them. And some are willing. Don't take the risk of talking about these things after marriage. Be honest up front. And don't fall for the phrase opposites attract. Okay. Also, don't listen to the secular world when they say all couples have problems. Now, this may be a shock to you, but that's not true. Couples have disagreements, but disagreements are not necessarily problems. You can agree to disagree. And if you are not willing to compromise, that's when it becomes an issue. People create problems when they don't discuss issues and reach an agreement. 
You are in for a rude awakening if you marry someone you don't know much about. If you marry a person you thought you were compatible with, and during the marriage you find out they have new aspirations or issues you didn't know about, and you are not in agreement with, you will start to grow apart. But what if you remain faithful anyway and stay in the marriage for the long haul? It's okay because you are committed to the covenant you made with that individual and there is nothing wrong with you if you stay committed to your marriage and the vows you made. However, there will come a time you might start to doubt the love you have for your husband or wife and begin to question your vows. You start to feel miserable, unhappy, and you know you have grown apart from that person mentally and physically. This happens because you never really got to know that person before you said, I do. Also, you didn't grow together during the marriage because of the lack of communication. Because of your vows, you should remain in your marriage and try to fix it. So in an attempt to fix this, start having an honest and open conversation with your spouse about your feelings. Discuss a plan both of you can agree with that will bring your marriage back to its original state. Go to the Bible and follow God's plan for the married couple. Agree to implement God's plan, then do the work. But you have to plan the work that can and will fix your marriage. Now I'm sidetracking here because someone needs to hear this. Now, I, I hope it helps. It's never too late to start over from the beginning within your current marriage. Will and Jada Pinkett Smith did so, and I don't want to talk about them, but they did. They fixed their marriage. Now, if both parties agree and the key is agree to do so, if one person is willing to do the work and the other is not, your marriage is heading for divorce. You can pray for your husband or for your wife until Jesus returns. But if the other person isn't agreeing to communicate and to reach an agreement to resolve your issues, you have two choices. Stay in your miserable marriage or file for a divorce. Those are your two options. Now, someone needed to hear that. And my prayer for you is that God have mercy for you and your husband or your wife. And that if you cannot resolve it, that you end it peacefully and have the strength to move on. Okay. Now, what if your spouse doesn't agree with anything you suggest and the other takes a different course or joins a religion or cult outside of Christ? You should follow God's word. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 6.14. 2 Corinthians 6.14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness. Mm. Now being unequally yoked can also mean other things such as one person wanting to have kids and the other does not. One person loves to gamble and spend the bill money and the other is more responsible with, with finances. One person doesn't like to socialize or go to church and fellowship with other Christians and the other does. 
You can avoid a lot of marital issues if you know these things before you say I do so that you won't. Now let's look at another aspect of the spectrum. What if you both are non-believers and you marry? One of you becomes a Christian and the other one doesn't. Now 1 Corinthians 7 verses 12 through 16 tells us to do this. But to the rest, I, not the Lord, say, if any brother has a wife who does not believe and she is willing to live with him, let him not divorce her. And a woman who has a husband who does not believe, if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified, meaning set aside, by the wife. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but now they are, uh, they are holy, meaning they are not bastards, okay? But if the unbeliever departs, let him depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace, and that is the key, peace. For how do you know, O wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, O husband, whether you will save your wife? Now, you need to follow these steps because you are sure to grow apart if, if, if you are unequally yoked together with a non-believer. God is a God of peace. He would rather you let the unbelieving spouse go their way in peace than to live in contentions and pain and sorrow, disrespect and confusion. This is why it is important that you know the future goals of a person and whether they are committed to Christ while you are in the going steady stage. You will avoid a lot of contentious behavior in your marriage by knowing about the person you are dating before you say I do. If you marry a contentious person, you will have an argumentative marriage. Now, as you start to like the person you are going steady with, then the light grows into love. Discuss the different habits you have between each other and what you are willing to accept from one another if you decide to get married. If you dislike a particular thing your love interest does, agree to respect that person's differences. By doing this, you will avoid a lot of heartache and headaches during your marriage because you will already have known about this habit and have already agreed to respect it as part of your agreement. Also, if you feel you can't accept certain habits from this person, you can make a rational decision not to marry that person unless you reach a compromise. Don't go into a marriage saying, we are gonna work it out somehow after we get married. <laughs> you should always discuss and, and, and agree that no decision will be made by one person as it pertains to you and the family. Both of you must discuss the issues and reach an agreement as a couple before you move forward with a resolution. Agreeing to a resolution creates growth and partnership between a couple. Now the last thing you need to do before you walk down the aisle and say I do, is to make sure you truly love each other. Now for you to sincerely love somebody, you should know the Bible's definition of love. 
Mm-hmm. So go to first Corinthians chapter 13 verses four through eight. Now for this scripture, I am going to read from the new living translation. I think it better communicates the message God is trying to, to give us and show us uh, as it pertains to the word love. Now, hold up one second, you guys. What I did is drop my Bible. So I have to find it again, the scripture. And so guess what? I'll be looking with you guys. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting at verse 4. Okay, and I found it. Are you guys ready? Here we go. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable and it keeps no record of when it of when it has done wrong. Meaning if you forgive somebody, don't bring up the past when you get angry. Okay. Verse six, it is never glad about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Verse seven, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Verse eight, love will last forever. But prophecy and speaking unknown languages and special knowledge will all disappear. Now, the key is love. Love endures forever. Now, the motivator to marry must be love. And the motivation to avoid a divorce and stay together must also be love. As you can see, there is no abuse in love. If someone shows abusive tendencies... While you are dating them, that is a red flag. If a man disrespect his mother, sisters, aunts, and never have anything uplifting to say about women in general, he will disrespect you as sure as I am talking to you right now. Marrying that person will not change him or her. It will lead to pain, misery, heartbreak, heartache, and possibly death. Abusers start off as angels of light. They are kind artists. The red flags are always there. Don't ignore them. You will be saving yourself a lot of heartache. Please don't ignore the signs. That person doesn't become an abuser during marriage. He or she was an abuser when you married them. You chose to ignore the signs. So let me share with you why it is important not to ignore the signs of someone you are dating. And then you choose to marry them anyway. Now, this was on uh, television. I read a lot of uh, <sighs> court TV and this story was on there. There was a minister uh, and his daughter. His daughter was a very nice young lady and she was involved in the prison ministry. She would go to the prisons and minister to the prisoners. And she started to become pen pals with some of them. And one prisoner in particular, she started to like very much. Now he was a kind artist, but she didn't realize that because after all, she wanted to do the work of the Lord. But I want y'all to remember God, there are some places God doesn't want us to go. There were a lot of places he told the disciples not to go. 
and the apostles not to go because he knew what would happen. So in this particular incident, this young lady grew very close to this young man and she knew what he was in jail for. She was ministering to him, but he had never accepted Christ and she really grew to like him. So when he was released from prison, she allowed this man to come to her house. Everything started off okay. They opened a business. It was a record company. He wanted. And then all of a sudden, the family noticed that she wasn't coming around much. Okay. And so one day, I think it was Thanksgiving. It was a holiday. They came over and they realized she couldn't talk. He wouldn't allow her to talk. And he said to Grace and he rambled on for about 30 minutes before they could eat. So the family clearly saw that something was mentally wrong with this young man and talked to their daughter about, hey, what are you doing? You might want to leave this young man alone. And so she said, well, I'm going to go home with him tonight. The family was so disturbed by his behavior. They didn't even, they didn't even want their daughter to go home with him that night. But she did. She said, well, I'm going to try to break it off with him sometime tomorrow or this week. But it's okay. I can go home with him. And so they didn't hear from their daughter for a couple of days. So the father went to the house with the police. And they found their daughter's body in the basement. And she was decapitated. Her head was sitting in a bucket full, filled with this man's urine. And he was on the run. So they eventually found him, caught him. Um, he went to court, you know, was found guilty of first degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison. But I said that to say, don't ignore the signs. Number one, if this person is in jail already and he was in jail for some serious crimes, but he had completed his sentence and was released. But she was a very nice young lady. But just because you are ministering to someone doesn't mean you have to bring that person in your house. If that person has not accepted Christ and he is being nice, you have to remember the devil can masquerade as an angel of light. And that's what abusers do. And one of the biggest red flags you can ever have is this person tries to cut you off from the rest of your family. That's a huge red flag. So always evaluate your heart for the truth before you walk down the aisle and say, I do. You should know before you get married that you love this person and that you want to spend the rest of your earthly life with this person. This is your companion, your confidant, your best friend. And you know what? Even more than a best friend. Someone you want to share your deepest secrets with. That's more than a best friend. And men, you should know in your heart that this is the person you want to protect and provide for for the rest of your life. And women, this is the person you want to be the father of your children and vice versa. So I hope this message has been a blessing to you. Most importantly, I hope this message made you think twice before you walk down the aisle with someone you hardly know. Or you can take more time to find out more information about the person you are dating. So I want you to stand by for an invitation to accept Christ and my closing remarks. To everyone who hears this message, 
including those who profess to having accepted Christ, but don't possess his spirit. And to the non-believers who are chasing religion looking for God, tomorrow is not promised to you. Now is the acceptable time. Today is the day of salvation. There is no other way to get to God outside of Christ. There is no back door. I want you to read John chapter 14 verses 1 through 6. All you have to do to secure your salvation in Christ is to say this simple prayer one time and mean it. Father God, I am a sinner in need of salvation. I confess that Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. And because I confessed and believed this in my heart, God, your word says I'm saved. Amen. If you said this simple prayer, my friends, you have just been saved by grace. Yes, it's just that simple. If you were sincere, you should feel a change in your heart right now. You now have free access to God. You are a saint, a believer, and most importantly, a child of the Most High God. I encourage you to join a faith-based teaching church. Continue to listen to Learning Bible Truth so you can grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. Renew your mind with the Word of God so you can establish a relationship with Him. God wants you to enjoy life, laugh, love, forgive, and treat everyone you encounter with compassion, dignity, and respect. Now stand by for my closing remarks. Pray that you were blessed by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, please send your comments or questions to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. And if you would like to support this podcast financially because you feel we have been a blessing to you, go to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice. Now, until next time. Remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D. Rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.